Good morning. We're delighted you're with us. Why, why don't we just pray? Father, I pray, speak to our hearts this morning. Lord, would you reveal truth? Would you make much of Jesus? Would you set us free? Would you liberate us? Would you call us into more? Would you soften our hearts for what you want to do among us this morning? Spirit of the living God, I just pray afresh you would land on us, stir us, encourage us, refresh us. Amen. You know, recently I had the privilege of doing a podcast with a guy called Ed Stetzer. Many of you will have not heard of him, but he's he's a phenomenal guy who speaks a lot into church planting. He's an academic, a, a practitioner, a theologian. He is the executive director at Wheaton College in America. Anyway, as part of that chat, uh, we were talking about the earlier days of the vineyard, and he was reminding me of some of our origins. And he was saying in 1968, right at the very very earliest stages of the vineyard there was an economic downturn there was civil unrest there were a number of prominent people that had been shot people from diverse backgrounds and there was also the the earliest stages of an epidemic in that moment emerging from the Hong Kong flu and in that moment a group of people gathered to passionately pursue in absolute hunger and desperation Jesus and had a cry for a move of God in that time. We have the privilege of being part of the movement that unfolded from it. Isn't it fascinating that the moment we're in can bring focus and clarity to the mission that we're on? You know, the church isn't on a mission. The mission has a church and we have to step up and to play our part. We deeply believe this is a, a key moment for us as a church, as a movement uh, locally and globally to prepare for and to boldly and wisely step into all that's ahead. Even in the last week, I've just heard some phenomenal stories from a number of the parents in this church of what's going on among the kids, sharing their faith with their neighbours, sharing their faith with their teachers, um, investing time and pressing into Jesus in an unhindered way. It's so exciting to see that. That's what we long for. And uh, last week I started a new series called The Words and the Works of Jesus and I've based it around the book of Mark. And um, this may have very little interest to you, but it does to me. It's the kind of thing that I think about far too much. But last week I called it Sowing. And if you missed that, can I encourage you to catch up because I think they're kind of a stepping stone to this one. But this week, of course, had to begin with S. So I'm going to call it Stronger Than the Storm. And I really believe there's something in here for many of you. But let me just read the passage in Mark chapter 4, starting at verse 35, as we, as we consider what it is to be stronger than the storm. It says this, As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind them, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and began to fill it with water. Jesus was sleeping in the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him, shouting, Teacher, don't you care? We're going to drown. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and he said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was great calm. Then he asked them, Why were you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? 
they asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. Can I just roll a little bit into chapter 5? You might want to read it again yourselves later, but chapter 5 verse 1 says this, So they arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of Gennesaret. Jesus climbed out of the boat. A man possessed by an evil spirit came out of a cemetery to meet him. This man lived among the burial caves and could no longer be restrained even with a chain. Just a, a couple of things to pull out of this passage. The first one is this, verse 35. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. Can I say this? I believe we're going to the other side. You know, sometimes you can't go round it. You can't escape it. There's no other plan. There's no other option. Sometimes circumstances dictate it. Sometimes the Lord leads us to places and seasons that you don't expect, you can't account for, and you don't actually potentially even have natural capacity for. The one thing we can guarantee in life is that sometimes in life, and actually sometimes for long periods of life, there will be choppy waters, there will be storms. I don't just mean the pandemic, but absolutely that as well. You know, I caught upon the end of the Man United game the other night, and um, after it was this programme called Pandemic at number 47. I don't know if any of you saw it, just to warn you if you didn't and you now go and watch it, it was pretty colourful in the language. But this guy was recording the views and the journey of his street during the first lockdown, starting right back in March 2020. And it was kind of fascinating. What was fascinating for me was, was probably something that I think we already know, but often we just need reminding of, is that we all go through stuff and we all go through different stuff. Not all of it is visible. Not all of it, not all of us, sorry, will handle it or respond in the same way. So often we see things through our lens without realizing that the other person's lens may be remarkably different, or even the way they're responding to, to very circum very similar circumstances may be very different. You know, as we approach a storm, when we're in a boat feeling surrounded by something outside of our control, when we see the high waves, when the water starts to begin to fill the boat, which is the situation the disciples are in, can you imagine it? Jesus is asleep as the storm brews, as the waves pick up. What were the disciples chatting about? You know, I, I doubt they were sitting singing Come By R. I, I think they there would have been a bit of back chat. I don't know that, but I wonder that. You know, why why did we have to do this? I, I, did, I didn't want to do it anyway. Why didn't we leave before the storm? Why, why did we take such a small boat? What's the question that you ask? Why is it that I'm losing my job? Why is it that nobody is helping me right now? Why is it that nobody understands what I'm going through? Why is it that I've had to suffer for so many years? Why is it that no doctor, no consultant, no one seems able to sort this? No one is reaching into my place of current loneliness in the way that I need right now. Why is it that I'm so trapped in a cycle of fear and anxiety? I'm doubting God at the minute. I can't see a way through this. Money is such a stranglehold on me. I wake in the night panicking about it. I feel so low, so low. 
I've lost all my spark and all my motivation. I'm addicted, absolutely consumed by addiction. And I know it's not how I'm meant to be living, but I just can't stop. Do you see, do you see what I mean? What are some of the questions that you ask in the storm when the, the, the waves are high, when the wind is picked up? He, heading in, in a direction where you start to question how and why. You know, the reality is we all face storms. We can't always explain it, and I don't think we always need to. But pain can have a purpose. Pain can bring perspective, and perspective can lead us into his presence. And in his presence, if we choose, we can become better rather than bitter, to overcome rather than be overcome. Smooth seas don't make skillful sailors. You know, we can get protective of where we are, but sometimes to get where we need to be, we need to move. Sometimes for us to move is going to mean for us to go to the other side. Sometimes we've got to go to the other side and there's no other way. The second thing to say is this, and it really flows from the first because there is no doubt, I believe, that we will face storms. But when we do, do we place our eyes on the storm or do we place our eyes on Jesus? You know, the natural inclination is to see the storm, to be consumed and to be overwhelmed by the storm. But soon a fierce, it says in the, in the passage, it says this, but soon a fierce storm came up, high winds were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. You know, I love the fact that this version of this passage mentions that he had his head on a cushion. <laughs> you know, when I have a power nap, that's it's probably talking about the pre-kids lifestyle, but my favourite power nap isn't like a, a, a micro nap or on the sofa or, or the disco nap. Do you remember them? But my, my, the, my, for me, the real deal is like PJs on, in bed, curtains closed, proper sleep. This may as well be night time. You know, I think Mark wants us to know when he's writing this passage in this book that Jesus had his head on a cushion. You know, because Jesus isn't fearful. He isn't intimidated. He's not caught off guard by the storm that you're in or the storm that you might face. He's not caught off guard or lost for words when you're angry or you're confused or when you're doubting or when all you can see is the waves and the wind and all that's brewing in the storm. He just isn't. You know, it says in Hebrews 13, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The passage says the disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care we're going to drown? Of course he cares. Of course he cares about the state of your spiritual depth, your emotional stabilities, your worries, your fears, your hopes, your dreams. Of course he cares. When everything in us doesn't think he does, when we're getting pushed beyond what we think we can take, when all that tumbles out is raw emotions, I think that's what's happening for these guys. De teacher, don't you care? We're going to drown. They've almost got him by the scruff of the neck see how they'd have said it you know I doubt it was oh Jesus I'm kind of just wondering if you've got any thoughts on this little storm that's brewing I think it was a feisty what are you doing sleeping you know it's like they're, they're panicking for their lives this this isn't like one of those moments where you've forgotten your credit card at the 
in the supermarket you get to the till and everyone's looking at you and it's a bit embarrassing and awkward that isn't one of these moments this is a they're fearing for their lives moment so imagine their reaction i'm i'm not trying to patronize you i know that for some of you what you're facing feels like you're going to sink but that's exactly what the disciples were facing and i think the challenge jesus gives us is keep your eyes on him not on the storm because his grace is sufficient 2 corinthians 12 verse 8 three times i begged the lord to take it away this is poor he says each time he said my grace is all you need my power works best in weakness so i'm glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of christ can work through me that's why i take pleasure in my weakness and in the insults the hardships the persecutions and the troubles that i suffer for christ for when i'm weak then i'm strong three times paul pleads then he realizes he's got to go to the other side not round it but through it and that there would be grace and that there would be power in the presence of God and that the power of God could work through him in it. Jesus is still in the boat even if he wasn't resolving the storm in the way that they wanted. You know with hindsight I think their reflection would have been to trust the only person that could actually help them. All the other things that we try and turn to and smooth things over which are not actually going to bring the desired effect or change that they need because it's him and him alone that might not be easy that not be it might not seem like that in the moment that you're in you know but it is oh i'm just i've just got to make it to half term i've just got to get this year done we've just got to get through this whatever it is i've just got to have a different boss i've just actually i've just got to see my family you know all of those things yes i'm sure but if we're going to the other side the only person who is going to get us to the other side is actually faith and trust in jesus when jesus woke up he rebuked the wind and he said to the waves be silent be still suddenly the wind stopped and there was great calm because jesus has authority over the natural and the supernatural we've got to remember jesus has authority yet so often it becomes the last resort oh yeah maybe we should pray you know i've tried everything else the storm so easily becomes the dominant feature or the dominant voice and it changes our perspective and we've got to wrestle it back we've got to wrestle it back onto jesus and as we do we have capacity for all the other stuff that can happen in the storm because there can be purpose in the pain then he asked them it says in the passage why are you so afraid Do you still have no faith the disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. Jesus used the storm to invest and develop them. You know, you could see how Jesus said this in a few ways. You know, out of, out of rebuke, out of frustration, did Jesus say it? They don't yet get who he is. You know, was he frustrated with that? Maybe. I don't know I, I wasn't there in the way he said it I, I personally think it would have been a bit more of a guys come on you don't you don't need to be afraid I've got this trust me there's going to be more times like this there's going to be times where you don't always know the end game I'm trying to develop your faith in me to see all that potentially could be I want to increase your faith but also listen I want to shape you in the journey i want to shape your character we've got to knock off some rough edges 
you know, how you were squabbling with each other, how you were doubting, how you were getting frustrated, thinking of yourselves, all of that. I, I said we were going to the other side and to the other side we are going. Now, of course, I'm paraphrasing. I, I don't fully know, but do you see what I'm trying to say? Because the storm you're in or the storm you're, you were in or the storm that you might go through can shape you for the better if you allow it. And we've got to try and get all the scar tissue off that can develop through storms. The disciples didn't yet know enough about Jesus to be able to trust him through what they experienced. Now, we've got to learn from that, I believe, and learn from it quickly to be ready ourselves. I hope that's helpful. The third, the third thing is this, the storm we're facing is not the only storm. You know, it's so easy to get consumed in the storm that we're in. Often I think the storm can just be a distraction. Let me give give you an example. You know, this last week I've had, I think I mentioned last week, I had a few problems with my foot and my ears. Well, this week they gave me numerous different types of antibiotics for my ears. There always will be, and there always is, something fighting for your time and attention. This week for me it was that. It could easily have distracted me. You know, there can be relational strains, there could be family dynamics and marital tension and employment matter, all-consuming nature of being a new parent. Whatever it is, life and its journey will always suck you into a micro storm and it can feel like the only storm. Now I'm not underplaying what you're facing or the weight or the burden or the tension of that. But it may be helpful just to afresh reflect that the kingdom of God brings a clash. I believe we need to see the wider picture to be best equipped for the storms that we face individually. You know, even with the pandemic and all the ins and outs of how that has and will and could in the future impact us, the moment we're in can bring focus and clarity to the mission that we're on if we allow it. I quite deliberately just want to roll into the next chapter of Mark. I read it earlier. Let me just read it again. It says, so they arrived at the other side of the lake. You know, I want to make a minor point, which is actually a major point. They arrived at the other side of the lake. You know, if he's called you to go through it, he's going to get you through it. They arrived at the other side. You know, it might be painful, it might be costly, it might not be what you would choose or had foreseen, but you will get to the other side if you keep your eyes on him. Philippians 1.6, and I'm certain that God who began the good work in you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. You will arrive on the other side and not just battered by the storm and not just having taken on water. If you keep your eyes on him, the author and the perfecter of your faith, he can and will shape us and will still you on the journey that we take with him. Anyway, that wasn't where I planned to go with the third thing, but the third thing that I really wanted to say is that in, in, in the storm that you're facing or the storm you might face, it's also not the only storm. The passage says when Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from a cemetery to meet him. Sorry, from a cemetery to meet him. This man lived among the burial caves and could no longer be restrained even with a chain. 
I mean, talk about out of the frying pan and into the fire. But I think the disciples would have been steady and equipped through their previous experience, ready for their new experience. Faith and trust builds faith and trust. The moment we're in, and I want to keep saying this, the moment we're in can bring focus and clarity to the mission we're on if we allow it. You know, we could start a whole new talk just looking at this guy who was possessed and the implications of it, because this is one of the most extreme encounters we see in the Gospels of somebody who was demon-possessed. But we often don't live in full freedom in many areas of our lives. You know, there'll be sins, unwanted habits, physical illness, disunity in relations, uh, relationships, problems relating to God, fears, compulsions, just some of the ways that Satan can wage war against us. That's not to imply that all of those things are always or even frequently caused by demons, only that their cause may be from the influence of the demonic and their cause can be complex. You know, it can be a combination of physical, psychological and demonic factors. Having said all of that, we're not, well, I'm not chasing demons, we're chasing Jesus. And that's the primary place we put our focus. But although the guy in the passage is extreme, I think it's a reminder to all of us that as we encounter Jesus, we're freed. Whatever storm we're in, eyes on Jesus can bring freedom. A storm had risen, which could have killed them, but they had trusted in Jesus. He calmed the storm and they're able to go into the Gentile area. They're able to go to the foreign soil where the gospel had yet not travelled. And as a result of them getting there and being there, this man encounters Jesus. That's the point I want to make. Because the storm we're in is often bigger than the one that we see. You know, what if the training and equipping in the storm you're in is preparing you for what's to come? What if what you're going through is going to lead you to opportunities to share Jesus with other people? You know, this man was sent home to spread the news to his family and friends. And what a story he's got to share. What a testimony he's got to tell. He, he was the testimony. A message has come from his mess. Jesus frees people. We jump on, I've not read it, but you can read it yourselves later. But verse 19 goes on to say this. Jesus said to the man, go home to your own people. Tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he's had mercy on you. Verse 20, so the man went away and began to tell those in Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him and all the people were amazed. People need to know we've changed. People need to know how we live through storms. Jesus said to the man, go home. Why? Because his friends and his family and his neighbours, the people of his past, needed to see how much he'd changed. But if you can stick with me this long, and please do, because I think this is important. Let me just whiz forward a few chapters into Mark chapter 7, because it says this in verse 31, and I finish with this. It says, Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and he went through Sidon, down to the Sea of Galilee, and into the region of Decapolis. Jesus is back in the same area that he'd previously been asked to leave in the passage that unfolds in chapter 5. And now in chapter 7, a group of people are bringing the deaf and nearly mute to Jesus for him to heal them. Now that's what happens. What is happening is the complete opposite reaction of what happened before when Jesus arrived in the area. Verse 36 says this, Jesus commanded them, don't tell anyone. 
But the more he did say, the more they kept talking about it. People were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. Now, I might be reading a little bit too much into this, but I wonder as to the impact of that demon-possessed man's testimony of freedom. Many, maybe the first Gentile to respond to Jesus had potentially had a huge impact on those around him. Telling our story of how Jesus changes our lives increases the receptivity of others to him. What if the storm you're in <clears throat> is in part preparing you and preparing us for what is ahead? What if the storm we're in and the storm we're facing equips us and helps us grow and helps us develop in our faith? What if the mark and the mandate on this church is about to be unleashed and a floodgate is about to be released to spread the gospel? Of course, therefore, there is resistance. But surely with eyes on him, we weather the storm we're in to be ready to respond to wherever he takes us or leads us so that others who previously wouldn't have had get the opportunity to hear about Jesus. I hope that makes sense because I believe there's a purpose in the storm. You can be changed and others can be changed and will be changed if you keep your eyes on him. I hope that's helpful. Why don't we, why don't we just pray? You might want to close your eyes or adopt a posture for for receiving. We, we want him to mould us and shape us. So Spirit of the living God, we welcome you this morning. Come and speak to us. Come and minister to us. Come and prepare our hearts. This, this will have spoken to a number of you because a number of you are in a storm or you're carrying the wounds, wounds of a storm. Father, I just pray that there would be an elevated perspective, that the presence of God would be upon them, that they'd be able to see you. Even if the storm is raging, to know you, that you are there. The storm, the storm and its impact doesn't matter if you know the presence of God in it. So I pray that you would know that you know that you know that you know the presence of God. Some of you, I just feel this morning there's like a, there's a there's a fire coming. There's like a fire in your belly. For, for what's coming, for the season and the moment of being prepared to, to see and understand him, but now to, to have a faith and a trust and a confidence. I think there's, a, there's an understanding this morning of the faithfulness of God coming on some of you. It's like an increased level of trust, and increased trust means increased faith. You can take larger steps of faith, greater risk. just believe as well I've been thinking about this all week that the Lord's stirring dreams on you some of you it's like even when you're sleeping you just the, the, there's God dreams he's speaking to you through them I just Lord pray an increase in that pray, pray an increase in the supernatural over us you have authority over the natural and the supernatural I pray that you would release that onto us over the natural and the supernatural Lord release it on us I just feel as well um 
someone's I don't know if there's a long standing I think it's both actually I think there's a long standing and there's a fairly recent thing where you've got a pain in your neck I think the recent one is you'd say it's more like a crick in your neck the long standing one I've seen somebody here has had physical restriction for quite a long time I think it's like I don't know I don't want to put time frame on it but say like 10 years you've had a uh it changed your. It's changed your ability to even lift things, like uh, carrying the shopping. It's changed as a result. I just want to pray now that I think there's a warmth that is going to come on your neck. I just pray the peace of God, the presence of God over you, that your body would realign. I think some of us have got to step into this. We're going to do something about this actually. And uh, at the start of April, we're going to be a little healing evening not just praying for healing but also training to pray for healing some of you i just want to encourage you in that let's step into the place of the supernatural you might want to put your hand on uh, that place this morning if somebody's with you in the house they they could do it uh, some others of you you've got to pray for other physical things as well do it over the phone do it over zoom whatever it is the lord speaks and moves with i just command in the name of jesus that your neck align that your uh, bones, tissues, whatever it is, I want to go back to the place of where whatever's caused it happened and just rewrite that. Lord, you are outside of time. We speak to that pain, be gone, neck realign. Spirit of God, move. it's a bit odd I just wonder if the pain has move, moved slightly pain shouldn't move like that so Lord again I just speak to it and say we, we say no to the pain bind that pain Lord you are a healer you are the God of the miraculous and I pray that now I pray for that now release your healing power not want to just keep praying for that. You might even want to reach out to somebody else to pray with you if that's you this morning. A number of you will have other things just circumstantially. Um, Health-wise as well. I just want to ask to reach out to other people. Pray for each other. Don't miss the moments where we can dwell in the presence of God and do it together. I'll leave you now just with some music playing as you as you do that. But God bless you. Have a good week. Thank you for joining us and we will we'll see you again soon.